0: Welcome to the Podcasters Podcast, the show for podcasters by podcasters. In this show, I'm going to be giving you the tips, tricks, and anything else you need to get your podcast launched and keep it moving past the pod fade and into the stratosphere. Here we go. And welcome to the first episode of the Podcasters Podcast. Hopefully you caught the introductory episode number triple zero. So they should all came out at the same time on launch day and been in order. So that one's going to cover a little bit about what I plan to do with this show and where our roadmap is, things along those lines. But for this first episode, what I wanted to go ahead and do is I wanted to follow along with some of the um, blog material that I've been putting out. So I have a blog that you can find over at podcasterspodcast.com. And it kind of rides along with this podcast. And it's been up for a couple of weeks now. So I have a couple of articles. And the first one that we're gonna talk about is the six hidden costs of podcasting. So this is really important. So for a lot of you that are gonna try to get into podcasting for the first time, you probably have seen some of the classes and courses that are out there. Um, There's a lot of good ones from people like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. Um, There's some free podcast course out that are out there as well that kind of give you some intros, but they all kind of lead eventually to a class which has a sales funnel behind it. And, you know, there's a little bit of cost to it, but the communities and the information that they provide to you is well worth that cost. But it can be a little bit of a shocker if this is kind of all new to you and you're trying to get your feet on the ground and figure out what's going on. Now, one of the things that I want to make sure is really clear is launching a podcast is not just recording audio and sending it out into the world. There are a lot of things that have a lot of monthly recurring costs and um, it can be a little shocking especially if you are you know the person that's working on this kind of as a side job you got your nine to five you thinking about starting up a side business or you're a brand new entrepreneur and you think that a podcast is going to go ahead and start bringing in leads and and funnel into your business and those are really the right ideas to have but just so you know, it's not free. And so that's one of those things can really take someone by surprise. And it really starts to kind of catch on with people. And you heard it in the intro, I mentioned this thing called pod fade. Um, So that's something that I want to try to avoid. And I need to avoid that myself. So launching this endeavor can be scary. Um, So I'm in the same boat you are, I just happen to have a little bit of experience at this. So Podfade is the phenomenon that happens to a lot of these podcasts, unfortunately, where they get through the excitement and energy of the first three, four, five episodes, and then the six episodes starts to come out a little bit later than usual. Maybe we're releasing once a week, and then number two is you know, two weeks out, and then, or sorry, number six is like two weeks out, and then number seven is like two to and a half weeks out, and then number eight may or may not happen, then yeah. And what happens? You know, you kind of disappear into the ether because you either got overwhelmed with things that you didn't expect, like having an interview podcast and realizing it's very difficult to continually book clients. Um, Maybe you just didn't understand the type of organization that you need to have in order to Make sure that things stay on schedule and all the pieces that you need. And so there are systems that kind of help keep all this organized. And I really plan on covering a lot of these things throughout the episodes because I have to live this too. So you're not alone and I'm kind of taking you on this journey and hopefully we can get you out there and seen by people. And maybe you too one day can have 20 million downloads and that would be incredible. So anyway, back to the whole concept of this episode. So like I said, six hidden costs in in podcasting. There are more than that. Um, Some of these are kind of no brainers. Like you do have to have a computer and audio equipment. Um, but you know I'm going to cover it anyway. So we're going to kind of go from there. And like I said, there is a blog post that kind of follows all this in detail, has a lot of links that kind of take you to some of these places. And I am giving recommendations of hardware and equipment and software, etc., to purchase. And keep in mind that these recommendations, my goal is to get people to launch as fast as possible. So yes, you could have endless debates about why these 10 different microphones are good or bad and the sound quality, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, having this technical nerdy debate over how well a sound uh, device works or something along those lines just wastes your time and doesn't help you get out there. And especially since you're learning how to do this. So really, it's not even a matter of necessarily picking the cheapest, but it's getting you the right equipment that can get you started And then that way, as you grow, if you realize that definitely is the thing for you and it's something that you're passionate about and you want to keep moving forward, then you can eventually think about upgrading and kind of move from there. So that's kind of where we're going to go with this. So, number one, the very first quote hidden cost, this one isn't that hidden, but kind of makes sense. It is your hardware. You need something to record with. So, this could be a sound booth. You could rent one of these things. Um, so, somebody that I'm actually helping launch, uh, Darcy Lee from Dear World Love Delilah podcasts, should be coming out at the end of March, early April, Um, so maybe a little bit just before this podcast, but uh, she lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and her public library has an actual recording studio that you can rent time in, which is pretty freaking epic. Um, So yeah, you never know. It could be that, but for the most part, you'll probably be recording from the comforts of your own home. And so the first thing you're going to need is a computer. It really doesn't matter what kind you get. Um, you know, it can be windows or it can be a Mac. Um, either one is going to work perfectly fine for you. Now, hardware and computer techies don't go all crazy over this. Both of them have access to software that a lot of the podcast community uses. Um, Mac will come with GarageBand, which a lot of people use, and you can get another piece of software called Audacity, or you can pay for um, pretty good professional type of software, which is Adobe Audition. We'll cover software a little bit later, but Audacity and Audition are compatible regardless of its Windows or Mac. What I would say is please stay away from the Chromebook and Linux kind of hardware for you hardcore techies, um, just because it's not really... It's not really designed to lean into a very easy, consumable way to get launched. Yes, you can record on both of them. You'll have to figure out how to do it, but I'm not going to focus on that. Most of the world is Windows and or Mac, um, and so that's what I'm going to kind of cover because it gets most of the people. You really need to figure out how to record with a Chromebook. We can have a conversation, but really, you can get a PC for as low as 350 so it's really not that big of a deal. So, um, yes, you're gonna need a computer, and it's gonna need a little bit of processor power, but it doesn't need that much because audio does not take that much to do. Um, The next biggest thing that you're going to definitely need is gonna be a pair of headphones. So, the reason you should do that is so that you can isolate the sound coming from your computer system, When you try to start recording into your computer, um, some of the software will want to send the sound back to you so you can kind of hear it and make sure that you can hear yourself. And if you do that without headphones, it will go back into your microphone. And so the speakers play a sound, your microphone picks up the sound, speakers play the sound, et cetera, et cetera. starts becoming this endless circle, and then that's what's called feedback. And so when you're at a concert and you hear that... That's what you're hearing is the speakers are producing a sound, the instrument picks it up and sends the sound back out and it just builds on top of itself and there's your first audio engineering lesson. So that's how feedback works. Um, So yeah, headphones help keep that from happening. Now, you can spend a decent amount on headphones. You can go into the Stratosphere and spend a ton of money on headphones. You do not need to get super duper professional high quality, but... Really depends on you know kind of how you want to go forward with this. Um, I recommend some headphones that go all the way down to fifteen to seventy dollars. Um, I personally happen to be using a two hundred dollar pair of headphones, which are the Bose Quiet Comfort um, series. The model that I have you can't get anymore, so the latest version I think is around three fifty, which can be expensive since I just said a computer's three hundred and fifty dollars. But I'm kind of an audiophile, and Bose makes a really good product. They are not sponsoring this podcast, by the way, but I do love it. So anyway the next thing that you're going to need is a microphone because how else are people going to hear you so now um there's a couple of options out there there is endless debate about what's going on the most popular that seems to be for getting everyone started it also happens to be the microphone that i am recording on right now which is the audio technica atr 2100 So this guy's about 80 bucks, um, which seems like a little bit of money upfront, but it's a very good quality microphone and hopefully you enjoy the audio quality of my voice coming through to you because that's what it's coming on. I have used a blue Yeti in the past. Um, and I've used the headphones that come on your headsets for Macs and all types of things. They'll have different qualities to them. The ATR is pretty clear and has really good dynamic range. Um, and it's very easy for someone to edit. So if you are not a podcast producer and you're going to work with someone that has some audio engineering background, sound files you're going to give them are going to be workable and they will not have a problem with those. So, that kind of sums it up for hardware. You need a computer, you need headphones, and you need a microphone. And that's, well, you need an internet connection, but hopefully you kind of already had one of those. But if you need to buy one of those in order to start thinking about a podcast, we might have to have a different conversation. So anyway, um, so that kind of covers item number one, which is your hardware. So now we did sort of touch on software, and we're going to move right into that as item number two. So right off the bat, like I said, no matter what you have, PC or Mac, there are a couple of free options, one of which is Audacity. Audacity is really good. There are several podcasts that are recorded with it. Um, audacity runs in what's called the open source world so for those of you that have any exposure to how programming and computer development works um, the open source environment and the way that it works is basically anyone can contribute to it and the community basically builds the software which is actually really nice it's a uh, great way to run software projects there's a lot of open source freely available projects that are out there, which are incredible. And if you have any interest at all in that, um, feel free to start Googling open source things or have a conversation with me. Yes, we're talking podcast right now. My true background is actually application development and programmer, but we will set that aside and, and leave that on the table. So anyway, um, so moving forward software wise, yes, you can get Audacity it's a little clunky to work with because again, it is open source and community driven, so there's not one type of person that's running a um, design type of aspect, figuring out the user experience, what's the best way to use this, etc. So it can get a little clunky. There are some options that may or may not be hidden that might kind of make it difficult for you. So it is something to consider because you're sp- saving the money, you do have a little bit more of a learning curve and a little bit of a headache. What I would recommend is actually going out and paying for software. I personally happen to use Adobe Audition. It is $20 a month just for Audition by itself, um, which actually really isn't that bad, but keep in mind you do have a reoccurring cost for using the software. A lot of people do complain about like, hey, I just want to buy it once and be done with it. I think this was originally like a $600 product. So I personally am okay with spending $20 a month as opposed to forking out $600 right off the bat. Now, yes, it's a continual $20 a month. So that is something to weigh out. But keep that in mind that if your goal of the podcast is to eventually monetize it or to use it to funnel in um, to other parts like a smaller business or um, other kinds of sales funnels that you have, you just need to keep in mind that it's part of your actual costs going forward and make sure that you um, account for that in you know the markup that you're doing for your products and other things along those lines. Um, other than that, there are tons of other softwares that are out there, but we don't really need to cover them because, again, my goal is going to be trying to get you to launch as fast as possible. So either grabbing Audition or grabbing um, Audacity, either of those two. You're gonna to need to pick one of those and you just kind of run with it. Again, they are both available on Windows and Mac, so it doesn't matter what you choose. The experience is the same for both, which is awesome. So it doesn't matter what your hardware platform is, whichever one you like, you will end up with the same experience, which is phenomenal. And I'm gonna be covering these in later posts. So we'll keep going from there. All right, number three, web hosting. So like I said, I am running a blog at podcasterspodcast.com. It's where you can read the in-depth details to this entire article, as well as other articles that I have written related to podcasting. And so it's also going to be where these episodes will be released, where show notes will happen. It's going to kind of be the central hub that's going to funnel everything associated to the podcasters podcast. So hosting does cost some money. You can start on Bluehost. And uh, from Bluehost is one of the hosts that are out there. These are places, basically, it says here's where your web page can live out on the internet. Um, and there are other companies, HostGator, um, GoDaddy, a lot of them that are out there. Um, I tend to just like Bluehost. I've had them for over 10 years now uh, and I have never really had a problem. I've only had to call customer service I think once or twice. Um, And when I did, I got a person (laughs) almost immediately and they were really, really helpful each time and were able to kind of help out resolving my problems. Um, I have heard in the past that there has been a little bit of issues with them. So if you Google them, you'll see, you know, that there have been some customer service issues in the past. I think any company that's dealing with growing pains like they are um, will tend to do that from time to time. And like I said, that was a couple months ago. They have moved past a lot of that and have really been doing good and stepping up their customer service. So um, Bluehost, like I said, you can get a WordPress hosted site for $20 a month. It's $19.99. So a lot of things are going to kind of fall into that $20 a month plan. So you just keep that in mind. Um, But essentially what this is going to allow you to do, and the reason I mentioned WordPress is you're probably not a web developer, unless you actually are a web developer. But for the most part, any other kind of business out there, you don't want to have to think about things like HTML code and and CSS and style and imaging and all this other stuff. And so you're going to want to really just kind of focus on creating your content and getting it out as soon as possible. And so WordPress really lets you do that. Now, WordPress has been around for a ton of years, and it is one of the... Actually, you know what? Not even one. It is the most used platform on the internet for presenting information i think it's something like 26 to 30 something percent of the internet runs on wordpress holy crap (laughs) like that's freaking huge now granted a lot of these are some bs sites that just kind of come up and go down but it does have a lot of clout behind it it's very easy to use you can find Um, developers and freelance work on things like Fiverr and other things like that for people that will help you with doing any kind of changes or modifications to your WordPress site. So essentially you want to go ahead and grab something like a theme Themes can cost money. Themes can also be free. Um, So it's kind of up in the air. I didn't really list them with web hosting, but they can cost anywhere from $20 to $400. really depends on kind of what you're looking for and what you want to do. You can start with some of the free ones to begin with um, and then kind of move from there. And then, like I said, you can talk to any kind of freelancer or other things about what it would cost to have them do your own design for you and kind of customize it to your brand, which will make things look nice and polished. But it's usually kind of like a one-time fee, so you don't have to really worry about it too much. But again, that can range, it really depends on who you're talking to, what kind of experience they have, etc. If you are gonna go that route for picking a freelancer, please, 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 please ask to see a portfolio. So if they do not have a portfolio and cannot show you previous work, I would lean towards not necessarily hiring them for your job unless you know them personally um, and you know that they have done certain kind of works in the past. There are a lot of people that also try to get started by doing WordPress themes, which is all well and good. But again, kind of focus back on yourself. What are you doing with this podcast? You know, are you looking to just kind of launch something to have a talk show? Or are you actually looking to provide value and kind of get things out to your audience? So if you want to start creating a content as soon as possible and getting out to everybody, then having to worry about stumbling through somebody else's learning curve for a WordPress site may not be the best for your business and for yourself. So it's just something to kind of consider. Now, um, again, you know everybody kind of needs a shot at getting moving and going forward. So, um, you know, you might want to look into it. It really is going to depend on your costs and what's going on. Generally, if someone is just starting, you will get a cheaper deal, but keep in mind that you're, they're learning on your dime. So may or may not be a good thing, but you know what? You can, you can make your own choices with that. I'm going to, hopefully you're an adult (laughs) and can think about those things. Okay. Moving on. Number four, podcast hosting. So just like website hosting, you need a place for the podcast to live. Now, People will tell you that, yes, you could throw the podcast into the same place as your web host. This is 100% possible. Do not do it. And here's why. So the goal of hopefully one of the goals of any podcast other than to disseminate your information out to the public will be eventually to monetize. So hopefully your show gets big enough that you can have sponsors, have commercials, and you know be able to work with affiliates and use it as some kind of a source of income. Now, it won't necessarily cause you to retire, but it can do pretty well, providing you have a really good show, a very good fan following, and you make the right kind of deals. The sponsorships, just like TV commercials and radio commercials, etc., the advertisers want to know what's in it for them, right? So if you have a show that has three downloads a month, the advertisers are not going to give a crap about you. If you have a show that's doing three million downloads a month, holy crap, they're going to be fighting over you. Now, how do you know you have three listeners versus three million listeners? So if you stick your file on your website host, which you are very able to do, it is technically capable, that website host will give you no way to have analytics. And the analytics basically give you statistics. How many people have downloaded it? Who's listened to it? How long have they listened to it? Where are they listening from? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things are information that an advertiser are going to ask you to basically prove why you feel that your show is basically worthy to have an advertiser, essentially. So a podcast host is designed for this reason. Now there are several that are out there. I'm going to just directly recommend Libsyn. So Libsyn is short for Library Syndication. It's libsyn.com. Uh, com. You can look them up. Um, again, $20 a month for their basic plan. Um, the basic plan covers a certain amount of file size, and that's something that we're gonna talk about over the course of the podcast. But roughly, that's about four um, one-hour episodes give or take or so, somewhere around there, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, So if you're releasing a weekly podcast, you basically can release a podcast a week for the whole month for $20 a month, and it can live there. Um, I'll cover a lot of that detail in a later show, but we can talk about things like the the quota that you have, you know, how to make sure that you're getting a good file size, all these other fun things. Um, We'll cover all of that. But again, you know, $20 Twenty dollars a month for this, twenty for the audio, twenty, 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 et cetera. We're around sixty dollars as a monthly recurring cost, and already a couple hundred dollars in the hole based off of buying hardware and equipment. So that's why I feel that this podcast is necessary, and you know, covering this information is necessary. Um, so again, uh, Libson as well as some others will give you very good statistics that you can use to defend or to um, explain why your show is going to be uh, appetizing for the advertisers that are out there and the sponsorships and kind of start moving from there. All right. Number five, marketing, 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 who is going to know about your show? When you first release your show, you will have zero listeners. Yes, that depressing fact is true. No one will know who you are unless you've told somebody about it, word of mouth, Facebook groups. Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, blah, 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 Twitter, let's keep going, social media flavor network of the week. So yeah, if you're not a marketer, there's a lot to keep track of. And if you don't want anything to do with that, and you don't want to worry about it, you're going to need to invest in somebody or a system that can help you with this marketing. One of the main things that I will say No matter what you do, regardless of your social media outreach or anything along those lines, you need to absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, figure out a way to capture email addresses. This is extremely important. As much as anything's going on with Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Flavor of the Week, social media sites come and go and or change their policies all the time. Facebook literally in March of 2018 changed an algorithm in how people see your stuff that caused several businesses to disappear off of the face of the earth. You might think, oh, evil Facebook, how dare you? But what they were really doing is they were looking at the interaction that the marketing company and it's people that it was marketing to were having. And what was happening is these guys were like your madman kind of dinosaur marketing. Like, hey, here's this thing, buy it now. And not really providing value to people. They're really just kind of pushing a product and not having any kind of interaction. There's no uh, individual comments and likes. There's no feedback going back and forth. They're not really a relationship going on. It's literally one-sided, someone trying to shove product down your face. And these people basically just got scrubbed off the face of Facebook, which is good for those of us that just use Facebook to talk to people. But from a marketing standpoint, that can be scary because a lot of people only understand the traditional way of marketing. Now, the way marketing has really been tending to go has been what's called relationship marketing, where you are establishing yourself as a source and an expert so people can know, like, and trust you, and so that you can have conversations with real people. So that way, you're talking to them, and they're talking to you. You're providing tons of free value and giving them information that helps them move along. And by doing so and establishing this relationship, you form this bond and this relationship with people that want to give you money and contribute to your causes because you're helping them reach their goals. So there's a couple of quotes that go along with this, all ships rise in a rising tide. So if everybody's helping everyone out and the tide is rising, all the ships go up, and everybody can help, you know, and it's, it's really about being a person and being human and, not necessarily focusing on what's in it for me, but really how can I be of service and how can I help you? And once you start understanding that and really start to kind of give that karma out, it does start to come back and you do see it. And those kind of interactions, especially in your Facebook groups and everything else like that, that's what Facebook's looking for. And so they want to focus on those people which is awesome because there's plenty of businesses that were out there that survived without a problem because they have thriving communities that they are involved in and they help out with and they're just awesome down to earth people. And So, yeah, so there's your biggest thing. Marketing, 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 marketing. You need to figure this out. But anyway, so I started going down this rant. Sorry about it. Email capture. So you need to capture the email addresses because of the social media items. So these people that just disappeared off the face of Facebook have no way of getting to their customers because they always hoped that they would just be able to contact you through Facebook. Now, like I said, there's been tons of social media sites that went down. The biggest one that you've all heard of is MySpace. MySpace is not relative anymore. No one goes there. It disappeared for a long time and then came back. But still, it's not really a thing anymore. There's a couple of them that have done that. Pounce is gone. Um, Path, I don't think, is around anymore. Like, so there's a bunch of them where they came and went. And if you're not careful, you have no way of reaching your audience. Now, email is the only thing that's really owned by you as an individual person. It's not controlled by a third party like Facebook or something else. So you're gonna want to capture that. Um, I would recommend for signing up for the free account of MailChimp. Eventually it will have to cost money. It will get up to 25 or 20 or so dollars a month, if not more, but for your first 2000 people, which might take you a little bit to get, it's completely free. But those emails are gonna be crucial, and how you start to form those emails and have conversations with your people will really affect your open rates and your interactions and will make you accessible to your audience, which is really what you want. So, getting a MailChimp account is going to be crucial. And then, on top of that, um, there's a bunch of different ways to start to capture email. I recommend a site called Lead Pages. Lead Pages will cost you about $25 a month, but it has these little boxes and windows that will show up in your website and will kind of put the information that you want to capture, first name, email address, etc and they will disappear and they won't ask people anymore. So they can keep track of who has and who hasn't joined, which is really nice. Otherwise you kind of have to have that custom built or build it yourself through web pages and JavaScript and other fun things. And Leadpages just does it for you. And for 25 bucks a month, that's really not that big of a deal. So, all right, next biggest thing, I sort of touched on this a little bit back with the website items, but your branding, logos and templates, number six. So this item, again, you can get themes for WordPress, which are um, the, the designs, how it looks, the way it feels, where the things are laid out, et cetera, et cetera. They can range from anywhere from 40 bucks to $100 to $400 to thousands of dollars if you really get snowed by somebody, but, um, they definitely have a cost to them. Now there are a ton of free ones out there, but they did not necessarily look that great. So it's really your call as to how you want to do it. I think I paid $50 for one of mine. Um, and I think the other one's a free one, but I, you know, I, again, I have a big tech background, so I know what I'm doing with these things. Um, so, but don't rely on that. Um, (laughs) So yeah, the cost of the WordPress theme can be some money. The other items are going to be your logos and branding. If you know somebody that's a designer, graphic designer, great. Pull in some favors, you know, buy them a brisket or, you know, get them some coffee or a beer or whatever you want to do that you can get some artwork out of them. You know, make it happen. Give them some money, though, because, you know, artists should not be working for free. Art is a skill and it should be paid for. Uh, one of the items that I do recommend for sure is going to be 99designs.com. So starting at $99, you can go up from there, but starting at 99 bucks, you basically can start a contest. And then what happens is you would describe what you want for a logo and you'd put it out there and designers basically compete by giving you different designs and other things like that for you to view. And then eventually you choose one and then you work through iterations until you're happy. And then once you find that one that works, that person quote, wins the money that you just put up for the contest, which is really awesome. Um, so it really uh, encourages competition and growth and it puts an actual cash prize out there for people to work for. Um, so that way people are getting paid and you're getting good competition for people that are interested in actually getting your business and who knows, you can establish some really great relationships from there and you know, having a designer that you can call to for any types of things is awesome, especially when you're thinking about um, things like documents, Letterheads, business cards, all types of other stuff that you're going to need for your websites, Um, unifying your look, having a YouTube banner and a social media banner on Facebook and a Twitter banner and an icon for all these items, yada, 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 yada. So there's a lot that goes along with this. So um, that is kind of the six items that I would think are things that you might not think about when first getting into podcasting. And like I said, it's going to be upwards around 80 or $90 a month right off the bat just to get this thing launched, plus a couple hundred bucks for equipment and other things like that. So don't be scared. This does cost money, but in the long run, it's worth it or else you wouldn't be looking for how to do your own podcast and where to go from it. So anyway, that is pretty much it for this episode. We... We will be talking next week around some of the other blog posts that I've written that are on the site, uh, just because it's easiest to kind of recapture some of that content um, and keep the relationship between the podcast and the blog moving, and then keeping everything going, because I want you guys to launch, and I want the information to be cohesive. Um, so next time, we're going to cover some of the top mistakes that podcasters make that are brand new, um, and then we're just going to keep moving from there. Hopefully, I'll start to get some feedback from you guys, and we can kind of see what are some of the larger questions that you have, and you know, hopefully, I can help some of you guys out. Like I said, I'm going to be doing a couple of interviews, and you know, we're going to talk to some people that can give you some really good insight as to what it's like to actually be a podcaster. Um, cover some of their fears and excitements, and you know, some of the real world, like hey, this is the stuff that's happening, um, and you know, we'll we'll just keep on moving from there. And then, who knows, eventually, might have a couple of you guests um, come on board that are people that are starting to follow some of this advice and and launching yourself and that would be really awesome so in the meantime that is pretty much it for me i am out for now and we will catch you next week today's episode was brought to you by the letter w stands for WCR Studios, the production company that brought you today's episode and every episode of the Podcasters Podcast. Come visit the site at wcrstudios.com, check out some of the other great podcasts that we're in the middle of producing, and as always, we will catch you next time on the next episode of the Podcasters Podcast.